I've got a hunger Twisting my stomach into knots That my tongue is tied off my brain's Welcome to We Have Facts When I was a little guy just... Ah! Wow, you suck! One more you time! You just did this! <laughs> Can I do it? Yeah. No, I can't do it. <laughs> Welcome to We Have the Facts, one novice's guide to all things that get for cutie, one expert's reflection on over 20 years of history. I'm your novice, Ali Abdul Latif, and with me as always is my co-host and death cap expert, Justin Tachi. Wow, that was a little, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> it like you're losing yeah, a little breath there. Uh, yeah, this is the you first want to do that in another nope, breath, nope, or? Nope, you're, 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 that's what you, you can't you're speak. You weren't supposed to talk, but we're going to go off of that and riff it. Nope, it's fine. We're just going to pretend she's not here right now. Nobody signed the rules. When we introduce you, you speak. Yes. Come on. It's like a little intrigue. It's like a little, little, no. uh, little spritz to what's to come. <laughs> wow. George today. takes better direction than she does. It's fine. So, no. Justin. No. Start again. Ugh. I think that was great. No. <laughs> He's totally going to use that one. I've got a hunger. Twisting my stomach into knots That my tongue is tied off my brain's Welcome to We Have the Facts, one novice's guide to all things that care for cutie and one expert's reflection on over 20 years of history. I'm your novice, Ali Abdul Latif, and with me as always is my co-host and death cap expert, Justin Taji. Wow, almost fucked it up there. Okay, <laughs> come on, I'm trying here. We're rusty, we're still working the muscles. Ugh. We just got back off a big episode, though. We just That's did transatlanticism. True. Please listen back to transatlanticism. That was, like, our biggest yet, I think. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think Plans is our big episode. so big that we actually brought in someone else to do it with us for once. We're not talking about that yet, because before we talk about Death Cab, we talk about nonsense. And today's nonsense is, Justin went to Radiohead. <gasps> it was amazing! <laughs> All right, so what'd they play? Oh, my God. All right, all right. I got to pull out the set list. Entertain the people while I pull out the set list. So there's a secret guest to today's episode, but we're not telling yet. Uh, other things include Ali's opinions on plans. Does he like it? Does he not? We don't know. But we're not talking about but it. But anyway, all right, getting back to the... Getting yes. back to the... Uh, to getting back to the soup. <laughs> How we make the soup. <laughs> um... I mean, they opened with Daydreaming, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, nice nod to the new newest album. I mean, but it, every set that they've been playing, they've been playing a new set, so they play a nice lengthy set of like 17 songs, then they break, do an encore of five songs, and then they do another encore of three songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got in my set list, I got fuck. I mean, obviously they play Give a Give us the highlights. Yeah, highlights for me. Kid A. I mean, we got fucking Let Down. We got Pyramid Song. We got House of Cards, which I'm a fucking Hughes and Rainbows fan, uh-huh. so it was incredible. Um, Body Snatchers, they played nude. I might have cried. <laughs> um, then they played uh, Wolf of the Door at EOTech, uh, Paranoid Android. I mean, and then the last three songs they played, they played The Bends, Weird Fishes, and then they closed with probably one of my favorite songs, Everything in Its Right Place. The only song I wanted to hear that they probably didn't play was Jigsaw, but I, I mean, that's a deep cut on In Rainbow, so I get it. That's but fair. like, you can't, you can't have it all, people. That, that's fair. But, you, you... <laughs> but the light show, I, I mean, I highly recommend seeing Radiohead to anybody. Even if you're not a fan, the mm-hmm. show itself is incredible. Um, the showmanship is just beautiful. Um, the lights, 
it, it just it's so emotive with everything that's going on. It's really incredible. Fair. Um, meanwhile, I just sat at home and did nothing. So, well, I also did see Arctic Monkeys too. You also saw Arctic Monkeys. That is correct. <laughs> so, um, Arctic Monkeys. so I saw Arctic Monkeys. Uh, that was two days before Radiohead, and that was pretty good. Um, I've seen Arctic Monkeys before. The, uh, this was my first time seeing Radiohead. Um, I thought they put on a great show. The new tracks played well. Um, it's just that, like, they're a good band, but it's like, I feel like you get what you get on the record. It's mm-hmm. not like they, like, expand on that. They don't give you any show. Okay. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, they, like, they don't even really, like, riff on the songs. Like, you know, change up the chords a little bit or, Fair like, enough. play a solo a little differently. Um, which, like... I'm not always, like, a super fan of, but it's nice to hear something a little different and be like, oh, my God, this is new and fresh. Um, but, I mean, they played the classics. Uh, they played, like, a, uh, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. They played, like, five tracks off the AM. They played um, Cornerstone, Crying Lightning. Um, yeah, I mean, they even played Teddy Picker, which is really cool. That's a fucking killer song. And there was even a pit. It was just what, oh, which yeah, was said, weird. Yeah. I like, I looked at, I went with George as if you guys listened to the podcast in the past. Uh, George is our, one of our, uh, our roommate and all, uh, also our guest on a, an episode. He'll also be the guest for, uh, the postal service episode. You don't know how to tease or like leave them suspenseful. You just announced it like that. We're okay. I am a death cat fan. I understand how these people work. We <laughs> need to know. We can't, we can't. <laughs> We can't handle anxiety and unsureness. Such sad people. <laughs> All of you. All of you! Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was, uh, I mean, it was a great weekend, but all, I mean, fucking Radiohead took the cake. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty beautiful weekend. I mean, you didn't come out to George's birthday. That I did. Fun. I went out to George's birthday and I almost fell asleep there. Uh, our guest was also at George's birthday. I think it's time to introduce her. Our guest today is, uh, you may know her from several things, no such as no, no things, no things. Rachel Pearson, our good friend. Hello, hey Rachel. You may know her if you've known any white girl that lives in Boston. I'm just one of those. Well, to be fair, you're racially ambiguous. I'm we've, not. We've, we've all no, tried I'm not us. racially ambiguous. I am like. Uh, what white person are you? That is not racially ambiguous. Right. That's just white. We're here to talk about Death Cab. There we go. So tell us, you were a sad, sad child. I Expand was on a this. sad, sad child. I don't know. There, that's kind of the end of the story, okay. I guess. When did you first start listening to, to Death Cab? Um, I first started listening to Death Cab when I was uh, middle school, early high school, looking mm-hmm. for love in all the wrong places sort of thing. Um, and I actually, my first song was Marching Bands of Manhattan, which, <laughs> which is on the laughing album. at me. <laughs> I'm a podcast novice. It's um, fine. And, uh, by the way, listeners, we had to give Rachel her crash course on the <laughs> podcasting. There was no intro. Okay. Too much behind the curtain, guys. Just keep going. We need to know how we make Why is it a train wreck? I thought we'll have a guest. It'll be like nice, smooth, new dynamics. It's just a train wreck. <laughs> I think it's always a train wreck. I don't think that there's always like the behind the curtains we bring on a, a guest. You you see like half the people they bring Guys, on for news segments. There's no curtains. It's the soup. <laughs> okay, okay. Rachel, um, marching yeah. bands. So yeah, so marching bands of Manhattan yep. was my first song that I was introduced to, and uh, when I first heard the intro, I was like, "Yep." There is another person who is as sad as I am today. Okay. <laughs> and uh, after that, I just kind of felt like really, that, that song was my first one. I just felt really elated, followed by um, 
I'll follow you into the dark, which is obviously like every white girl said, girl jam. Mm -hmm. um, and then I will say like what Sarah said as well. Like the plans is my favorite album. Yes. That's, that's why we have you on first. this Exactly. I yes. should gossip. No, it. she hates it. So that's <laughs> why we brought her on. I mean, maybe bringing me on for my least favorite episode because I do have things, or least favorite uh, album. What is your least favorite album? You could say it. I don't know. I'm undecided. I have plans for me in transatlanticism. Yep. Oh, by the way, we get shit for this all because Justin keeps calling transatlanticism, <laughs> <laughs> and the Reddit hates us. <laughs> well, so, so what will be the new? So you don't like the new records like Kintsugi or anything I like just, that? Yeah, I just have or it. Coats and keys. The thing about plans in transatlanticism is that they hit me at such a time where I just like needed a sad boy song. And because of that, I just feel like no other Death Cab for Cutie album will really match up as much as those two. Just because of the emotional element alone. Like I'm no longer a sad girl. Okay. Well, I am, but like less so, and I can manage my. I feel like you're more. I feel like you're more of an anxious girl now, so you yeah. don't need the sad. Well, because I'm an adult and I have responsibilities. Like, if you're not an anxious adult, you're a serial killer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> With that hot what, takes from Rachel. <laughs> what else did you listen to at that time? What were your like your bands in your angsty teens? I mean, this was like a real transition for me, right? So I, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, so it was like country nonstop. Not for me. This was forced upon me. I was, uh, as you say, yep, by country. Um, so, wow. So. <laughs> Everyone's going to assume I bleeped something out when you just edit censored yourself. I okay. did. You told me to censor myself. It was Wait, no, the podcast bad voice. There was no censoring. There was a censoring. all the bad words. You were, oh, well, I mean, like, I don't want to say that one because we're in a podcast. So like, okay. You know, like, edit, I don't Wow, Rachel's just blowing up our spot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Screw you guys. Um, So, yeah. So, like, you know, I was listening to classic sort of early 2000s bands at the time. Uh Like, Three Doors Down and, like... Wow. Real real hardcore. I know. This is my point. This is my point. Like, Death Cat was like, hey, there's this whole undercurrent of sad people in your current society that you might want to get in on. Undercurrent. I like that. Ooh. (laughs) Bring in the class. (laughs) Um, I guess we should just dive into how we feel about the record. Um, Should we do Rachel and then you? Um, before we do that, I just wanted to say quickly, uh, yes. how we know Rachel, because I think people might be curious. That's true. Um, really? Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't, know. Like, I don't think people Why? Why would care. we have a stranger on the podcast? Well, because you said that I have a, a mystery guest, and I hope they think we're like, is it Alec Baldwin? And it just turned out to be Rachel from around the corner. Whatever. Moving on then. <laughs> so sappy. <laughs> this is what happens sometimes. Okay? Let's talk about the goddamn record. Yeah. Jess and Ali are just soft teddy bears. Don't what let do anybody you, tell you to What do you want to do? Do you want me to talk about it first or her to talk about it first? Uh... You know what? Let her talk about it first, and then we'll and then we'll hear you because I feel like we'll, like, we'll soften the possible blow. Okay. So, <laughs> do you not like plans? We, we don't, don't know yet. Know we're about to fight. We're about we, to fight. 
don't. I have not announced any feelings. Justin has no information. Okay. We purposely don't talk about this stuff. We save the podcast gold. Yeah, we don't talk anymore. Like in private, there's no conversation anymore. (laughs) It's like, it's either for the podcast or it's not worth saying. This is how, the reason you're on the podcast is because we wanted to talk to somebody else together. So this is the only way we can do that I feel like I just moved from your guest to your (laughs) therapist. And I am totally comfortable in that role. All right. Let's move on. So, Brian's your first record. Yes. And, of course, you love it. Mm -hmm. Tell us about how, like... What it's gotten you through, the things like emotions it helps you feel, what, how you feel about it, what, what you like about it, what you or think about like it. Or just like musically, yeah. like what do you feel like, you know. Yeah. Like that. Don't mean, say favorite I'm... songs or, or least favorites because we always do that at the end. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so that was a lot of questions. I would probably say that like during the time that Plan Centered in my life, I, you know, you have family, th- like classic teenage stuff, right? Like... Your body's all weird, and you're trying to figure out... <laughs> you're gawking like, and weird as shit. Yeah. I don't know what you're and talking you're about. Like, <laughs> My body was perfect from the day I was born. I know. I've seen the photos. You were a god. Yep. Um, yeah, what the so fuck like, happened? <laughs> okay. Popeye's at 9 a.m. apparently. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, true story. True story. Yeah. <laughs> we are gross people. <laughs> How we make the soup, people. How we How make, we the, make soup. the soup. Uh, with Popeye's. Um... This is not sponsored by Popeyes. Is there a joke in there? No, no we okay, don't have any sponsorships. <laughs> no one wants to give us money. <laughs> I don't think they should. If you're a potential sponsor, please email us at wehavefactspot at gmail.com. We'd love to take your sponsorship. And sell whatever it is the garbage you want us to sell. Anyway, back to what you're saying. I'll we'll do it with a smile. Um, so, yeah. So, like, body's weird. Going through changes. <laughs> body's weird. Shut up. Let's finish a goddamn segment. <laughs> you know, family stuff's not going so great because you're so amped up and worried that your body's so weird that you yell at your parents and your parents kind of hate you for a little bit because you turn into a goddamn fire-breathing bitch. And, like, and so family isn't super great. And then also, like, looking for love in all the wrong places, mm. uh, which is the name of my memoirs. Um, <laughs> Mine's destined to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because you could take that in so many different ways. Like, well, that's I'm... the po- possible potential future podcast where we just take stories from people I and mean, share them. How about we do the podcast we're <laughs> currently doing? Wow, you're really trying to keep us future. Oh my podcast. god, in the future. Wow, Ali is the MC, he's got this. Yeah, um, Jesus. Yeah, and like went through a couple bad breakups and became kind of like a crazy girl for a little while, which I'm sure every girl has gone through. I had the horse girl thing going for me. That didn't turn out well. Don't even fucking say it, Justin. We fight about this all the time. Um, so, like, I guess plans entered into my life where I was like, you know what? Because it's, it's really, like, it's obviously, like, a sad album, but it's hopeful. I think they were, when they talked about plans, they were like, uh, you know, we like the kind of idea that plans aren't what's going to happen, but, like, your little wishes. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you want to make God laugh, say you have a plan or whatever. Um, so I feel like this album is specifically kind of like a breath of, you know, like this sucks and, uh, you know, shit sucks, but eventually it's going to turn out like the way it turns out and you don't really have any control over it, I mm-hmm. guess. And it kind of, even though the lyrics are sad, it kind of gave me a feeling of like euphoria, especially with marching bands in Manhattan. Yeah. And then... I'll Follow You Into the Dark is more like a lullaby, I feel like. It has kind of like a lullaby vibe. Okay. Where you're just kind of like, meh, okay. Fuck with it. 
All right. Yeah, that's my expert opinion. Is I'll fuck with it. I'll fuck. Yeah. I can. I can fuck with that. Rachel, how do you feel about it? I'll fuck with it. <laughs> kind of like uh, next. Yeah. Have you guys ever watched the movie Holes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can fix that. I can fix that. Oh man. Oh, right in the two thousands feel. Oh, my bleeding. Heart. All right. Um, I mean, I'll just save mine for last. We gotta. We gotta listen to. We gotta do the what does Ali think segment. Are you guys ready for this? Okay, no. So originally I listened to this album and I thought, this is a collection of singles that don't really fit well together. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me some time and then I kind of saw that, that, no, they're all thematically linked. They're all about mortality, loneliness, and the plans we try to defeat both of those things or deal with both of those things. So I do see like a thematic link in every song. It's approaching those two topics, loneliness and mortality, in different ways. Some of the songs really work for me. Some of the songs just feel out of place, even though they're all under the same topic umbrella. I think for me, it works less as an album than, let's say, Transatlanticism did. Although I think some of the songs on it might be, the one-shot songs might hit higher points. And I think in general, it's kind of the more popular version of transatlanticism, right? Yeah, no. That's, yeah, this one. Was... I would say like most people, like the cool guy answer for what's your favorite Death Cab album is transatlanticism. Well, the real cool guy answer is we have the facts, <laughs> but <laughs> but the cool guy answer for like the the middle era of Death Cab, which is the well, most well known, I would say is transatlanticism. But like most people's favorite and entry point into the band, I'd say it would be Plans. Yeah, I'm sure most people um, have the same story. Especially I like I know that they started getting a lot of songs. I think there was a writer that really liked them on the OC. Mm-hmm. And he, the reason that uh, I'll follow you in the dark out really big because it was on the show. Okay. And they also took title and registration from Transatlanticism, and then it brought a whole new audience to the, to the mm-hmm. band. Uh, so it was pretty interesting. I did not know that that uh, was on that this... show. Okay, that has now moved to like my not favorite song anymore. I will put wow. that on record. I'm just kidding. I still love it. But now I hate myself just a little bit more. Well, you should it. get excited because after we're done with the run of the albums, we're doing a Twilight episode. I know it's been a while since I've mentioned the Twilight uh, episode. We're doing, me, what? we're doing it. So I don't know if you know this. Death Cab did a Twilight movie, like the, they didn't the do music. A movie. They, they did, did a song. They did a song for the Twilight movie. So now we're gonna do Twilight as an episode of this podcast to really get into the feel of Death Cab. Can I do and that episode? Because I just want to. Oh yeah. Fuck I Bella mean, Swan up. I mean, you can, but Robert Pattinson's gonna be here. I think it's just Bella. I don't. I don't know what the last well, I name think is. Swan. Did I don't I think it's Swan. Yeah, you just made that up. I don't oh, know. Swan sounds like, right. I feel like it's Swan. I think Bella's. No, Bella's a hundred percent right. It's definitely Bella. I thought it's Swan. Is it? It's Bella. Like something stupid. <laughs> All right, Robert Pattinson will be here. He will tell us himself. Oh, yeah, oh my god! I'm, sure. I'm making this happen. Yeah, as long as is he still with Twiggy, because I want Twiggy here. I, I don't know what his status is, but uh, we're very we're very much looking forward to that episode. Look forward to it. Maybe October. I think we can book this up. Hey, uh, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, my real quick take. I like the record a lot. Um, it was definitely my. Uh, my gateway into Death Cab. Um, my actual first gateway was, uh, I think I said on the first episode, was the, uh, or in the intro, was um, the lead single off of Narrow Stairs, which is uh, I'll Possess Your Heart. Mm-hmm. And then I w- mm-hmm. d- went back and I just saw like on iTunes what their most popular like 
record album was or rec or uh, songs and then it was a lot a lot of them were on plans and plans was like a heavy listen for me for i would say that month and a half that i first bought it mm-hmm. and i fucking listen to that shit backwards and forwards um i will agree with you that i don't think it's their best most composed cohesive piece um i think that in my opinion plans has better songs than transatlanticism but the motif and cohesiveness of transatlanticism beats out plans that's my hot take um hot takes hot takes takes. (laughs) um i guess we should just dive in and uh, i would like to address something real quick i am afraid of doing this song by song right now so usually, Rachel, <laughs> I get shit from the internet because... Oh, yeah, they actually email him and they're just like trash. <laughs> because I tend to not like some songs that they tend to love. Ah. Uh, okay. As the internet do. No, like, so pretty much anytime he shits, like, because he likes always the weird song that, like, we're all of like... Of course. Yeah, that we're all like, oh, it was pretty good, but, like, you know, it's That's not the best. That's why there's an album. Yeah. It's a little but, bit for everybody. But then anyway, so, like, he just shits on, like... The tracks. <laughs> I, also, I also kind of disagree that an album should be a cohesive thought. Like, especially the way that music is kind of put out into the world today. I don't think but that But this was not put out that. into the world today. Well, right. I so like, I just feel like... And also, the art, first of all, the art of writing an album is a cohesive piece. Get, uh, get straight, Rachel. All right. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> as an internet and music pleb that I'm fine with it. And it's still helped my, like, 14-year-old heart. Here's my anxiety, is that, like, I'm used to shitting uh, on the songs and then having the internet several days later... Well, I'm doing it for you. <laughs> tell me they hate me. But I'm worried now that I'm going to look at you in the face and tell you I don't like this thing you love, uh, and you'll strangle me to death. No, I'll just I'll just stare at you really sadly. Yeah, to be fair, we've been pretty good about the not strangling you part. At least I've been pretty good about it. Oh, this boy. Is my first time. All right. Second. So... I guess let's just do it. Yep. Marching bands in Manhattan. If I could open my arms and spend the length of the Isle of Manhattan, I'd bring it to where you are, making a lake of the East River and Hudson. If I could open my mouth, wide enough for a marching band. Thoughts, Ali. Okay, so I think this is a good start for this album because it sets the tone. You really get this album is typical Death Cab sad boy shit, but there's this weird sense of optimism to this album, and like this is what the song is, right? Unless I'm misinterpreting it, it's about him wanting someone to see the world while they're depressed, right? Yep. And that's fair. Yeah. And that's kind of what this whole album has. It has this weird optimistic sense to it Mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily get from previous Death Cab albums. It's not just gloom and despair. And this song does a really good job, I think, of highlighting that. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a nice lead into the album. Um, I still think New Year is probably a better start to a record, the best start they've had to a record, but I would say the Marching Band of Manhattan is probably the second. Uh, best start to a record, but the lyrics on this track alone are fucking incredible. Sorrow drips into your heart through a pinhole, just mm-hmm. like a faucet that leaks. There is a comfort in the sound. We have yeah. gained back <laughs> uh, Ben Gibbard's lyricism on this record, which is just—I think you're finally getting the best conglomeration of his lyricism and musicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're getting both at the same time. You're kind of sacrificing that on the cohesive end. 
but I think that we're starting off on a strong note. And I will say that the first time I saw this song was on in William Burke's Park as the sun was setting on New York City. Oh, and it was literally one of the most beautiful scenes. I, I still vividly remember. I literally, Death Cab actually stopped the song mid-song. And made everyone turn around to look at how beautiful the sunset was. Oh, All that's right. such a death cab thing to do. <laughs> um, Lay it on us, Rachel. Yeah, no, I feel that's part of the reason why I loved it so much is because of how poetic it was. Like, you know, comparing to other songs that sort of came out at the similar time, it was like... You mean by other artists, I assume? Yeah, by other artists, not by death cab. Um, like, you more popular artists. Uh this just was a breath of fresh air. And I think it was just beautiful to listen to. It's like, it was like a beautiful, sad, euphoric, in a sad way song. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this album sounds like, I mean, I don't know why, but certain records have that sound of just like a guy that locked himself away for yeah. a, like a month it's and just wrote like an album. sweetly sad. Yeah, no, I think this is... Whereas transatlanticism, we're looking back with a very affirm, uh, uh, like a, an affirmative appreciation for the sadness and kind of looking back with a lot of um, hindsight. Now we're getting into this place where we've kind of let ourselves be alone for a while and we're kind of gaining, uh, kind of getting solace in that. Yeah. So um, kind of starts it off on that note. So yeah. All right. I guess we should go into Soul Meets Body. body no you didn't like that <laughs> um you have to carry on that voice with the rest of the episode it's... all right <laughs> do not do this do not do that uh, why do we not like this voice and it looks painful it just genuinely <laughs> well looks the listeners painful. cannot see your face so. all right well i'll describe it's painful like it's just no words. Well, all right. Well, here is what I think. Oh, your throat's doing something weird there, dude. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Soul Meets Body. This is, just to confirm, this is like one of the big singles off this album, correct? Yep. This is one of Death Cab's most popular songs, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You don't get it? I don't get it. I don't think it's a bad song. I just don't understand. You don't understand? Why people love it so much. Are you kidding? It just, it, I guess for me, like... Whenever I listen to the song, it's kind of like a, a again, like a, a relief for anxiety. It's like, okay, like other people are feeling the way I feel. And like, yeah, I, it's hard to put into words. I guess I've never really thought about it as much. So the internet's okay. going to be like, why'd you bring on that dumb bitch Rachel? But like, <laughs> I, I feel like music is something that I ascribe a lot of emotions to and I don't really mm-hmm. try to think about it all that logically. Um, well, to be fair, I feel like you might listen to music in the similar sense that I do, which is like, I 
listen to emotive music because of the fact that I want to live my feelings in something else. Yeah. And not have to, and then it's, it's there, it's done, yeah. and then I can come out of that. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll linger too hard. Yeah. Um, but getting to Soulmate's Body for me, I think this track is literally, to me, is like sitting on in a meadow at like dusk and seeing all the fireflies about to come out. Mm. It is just this, like you were saying, relief and this relaxing, overcoming feeling of yeah. just like, you know, it, it, it's paving the way the, uh, the anxiety and getting mm-hmm. pushing that aside. And I think it's just a really beautiful triumphant moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't even say triumphant. I feel like it's just very like calming to, uh, it's like, it's, uh, it's like I, I mean, I feel like you're also like when they say it's like a gray, greyhound station, um, it's, it's, it's like that feeling when you're staring out the window on a long drive, but mm-hmm. like, you're not like bored or anything. You're just kind of watching the world go by. Yeah. But I you agree. don't feel you need to control it. Yeah. It's, um, it's almost like reaching a sort of equilibrium and sustaining that and, and, and actually even just like trying to reach that, like what we aspire to all be is just stable. Yeah. Without being like, we should all be in the same place. You know, what you guys said was so boring, it's put Homer to sleep. <laughs> and well, I still don't get it. Just I just had this, like, deep moment where we're like, yes, like, we wish that we oh. were in a place where the soul met our bodies and it was beautiful. And Ali just was like, hey, I took your thoughts and your emotion, I just threw them in the garbage. Yeah. You're welcome. Kind of like how your dog ran into the garbage today. Yeah. And... It smells sweet. Still smells weirdly sweet. I do not like it. Not about it. Not a fan. You should change up your dog shampoo, or you did not do a good job either. For summer skin. Summer skin. Alright, you gotta stop with the voices. <laughs> Why? I like it so much. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's something about when you do voices that you know are obnoxious. You like, you're like, whoa. Like, I don't know. Is this the just... last one? Or is it no, this equally bad? Definitely high. This, it... No, this is a dumb comedy bang bang shit. Please don't do that. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> you. <laughs> I feel like you're like trickling, triggering the valley girl within me. And I'm like, there is like, no valley girl within you. <laughs> I am the valley girl. <laughs> I am, I am the one who valley girls. You're anyway. definitely gonna cut this out. <laughs> Summer, skin. <laughs> um, Summer skin, which could be a valley girl song. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's Taylor Swift fun... is gonna do a remake with a banjo. Yeah, I can see that happening. But it's a fun song. I enjoy it. Um, I have not much to say about it though. Uh, talking about shedding, I mean, here's the deal. For a lot of Death Cab records, especially the middle era, I think that we have seasonal records. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't listened to some of them yet, but in my opinion, I think Plans is the summer record, whereas Transatlanticism is your fall, um, Narrow Stairs is your winter, and Kintsugi is your, uh, spring. 
so <laughs> coming out of that, um, this is this is the end of the somersault. Um, you are trying to figure out. You're getting back to your like school. Getting back from people are getting back from school. People are getting back to their normal jobs. Stop going away on weekend trips for the like summer vacation stuff. Um, I think that this song is very reminiscent of that. And I think that, especially for you, who complains about that the songs are always the same or don't ever have different notes, I feel like we've already been through three songs and very th- different three songs. That's true. That's, mm-hmm. And I enjoy that about this record, but it's also what kind of makes me feel like they're not as put together because it didn't flow very well between the three, in my opinion. Wow. They but can I just, think... You can just not win with you. Uh, <laughs> but I think Never. that's like... I, I still kind of contest that point because... Uh, this is the first thing that they recorded in Massachusetts, right? Yes. So, I just feel like this album is is different, mm-hmm. but I think they're playing around with, like, a new vibe. And well, also, sounds. this is the drug record. Yeah, but, like... <laughs> let's, let's be real. We're doing <laughs> drugs now. Yeah, like, this is... Drug but, but like I, I think that's part of the beauty of it, right? Is it's just kind of like feeling out what it is, mm-hmm. which is why I like the album plan so much. Anyway, Summer Skin specifically, is it a song I really jive to all that much? Because it just reminds me of that really sad feeling when you're like you go on vacation and then you're having such a wonderful time, but then you realize that you have a job and take care of Seth and you come back and then dream about that vacation you were on for like the next two weeks. And I mean it has the song what I what I do see in it is mm-hmm. that it follows a lot of the themes that are in some of the other songs in this album mm-hmm. which is about love that no longer exists mm-hmm. or love that was temporary or love that whatever. So you have your summer loves, your summer passions the girl you fall in love with, with camp, in, at camp or the person you meet uh, in Europe or whatever and then you go back home, and that like, comes with a with an expiration date. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, did he have a car, or did he put up a fight? <laughs> okay, we're not doing Greece right now, because yeah. you know if you get me to do in Greece, that's what we're doing all episodes. All right. One of you has to say that in the actual tone that it's sung, because tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. Anyway, um, <laughs> so. I feel like this album will re-explore the same theme or yeah. a theme similar to this, which is... It's like a love lost. Love lost and mm-hmm. expiration dates on right. love and yeah. how you reflect on love and, like, sometimes... Well, it's all about your plans, right? Uh, and... Next yeah. song! <laughs> Different name for the same thing. Different names for the same thing. No, not I'm better. Really filling in for Rachel, who is filling in for Justin. 
What are we on NPR now? <laughs> okay, so none of the voices. I feel like we're getting hypercritical of things I do every episode. Well, I think you're going to do voices now because now it's weird and you can't not do a voice. Yeah. Is that really that? Fair right? enough. Um, so, do you want me to start? Feel right, free so to start I off. just feel like different names for the same thing always resonates me with me as somebody who doesn't really communicate well sometimes. So. Mm-hmm. You mean people like talk like this? Yes, really there are people who have weird listeners and do a lot of ums and also break out into Greece in really inopportune times. Um, <laughs> Justin. Um, family. So I feel like this song really beautifully captures what it's like to feel the same or have the same and experience the same things, but have it be a little bit different for different people and also have that experience be lost in petty translation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about, or at least the way that I read it, because I feel like everybody's free to interpret whatever. Um, It's just a really beautiful way of capturing. And and I think Ben Gibbard just does a really awesome job of making things gorgeous. It's really sad things gorgeous. Um, But I feel like it really captures that miscommunication and like the, you know, ships in the night sort of thing and that happens with relationships either be romantic or friendships or whatever mm-hmm. so i like this song for the most part I, I think there there's a section at the back end of the song where he just repeats different names for the same thing different names for the same thing over you and just over don't again. like repetitive things I d- yeah, it kind of gets me really bored of the song really and when we hit that part of the song i realize oh this is trash and i Can don't you like play it. it yeah sure is that out of line no go for it Ben Gibbard is expressing his frustrations here, right? Because you're just like, hello, like, help me. Like, I'm trying to get through to you. That's how I always feel. I understand. I I find he he does this thing a lot where he writes his hook over and over again. And it's a single line. And he says it so much that it's, I don't know, boring? Like, what was the song that last did this that I, something highway to something? Oh, oh, you didn't like yeah. uh, movie script ending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the deal. I don't like the song that much. <laughs> you don't like the song. Well, here's um, the thing. I like, so he's... I don't think it's bad, but I think in terms of the record, it's like my least favorite. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, it's not maybe the best on the record, and we'll get into that later. But I think here's some stuff I like about the song. I like his imagery of getting lost in a city, because he does like a lot of that imagery in his lyrics, mm-hmm. which I think is that, like... Being lost, not knowing where you're going, and not really caring, because he doesn't seem to care where he's going anymore. Yeah. Which is kind of like that depressive mood again. He's clearly lonely again. He's clearly, like, feeling all these emotions, which I think lyrically it does a good job. Mm-hmm. I like the crackling of the fire. Mm-hmm. You hear that throughout mm-hmm. the song, and, like, it goes through the whole thing. Here's the thing. I don't like... The thing is, I like the song. I don't like the lyrics. Wow, okay. I don't think that the lyrics... I think the song as a whole, honestly, I'd rather it have been a a, a, a instrumental. 
Interesting. Really? Yeah, I very much, or just with like a side, like a side, like little, little lyric here or there, and then just mainly made it an instrumental. I think this song builds great. I think the song, everything. But for me, I think that the lyrics are a little much, I feel like they're kind of an afterthought on this one. Really? All right. I will uh, say that, like... I don't think it's a bad song, like I said. Like, I really like the way it builds, and I like the way it sounds. I just think that it could have been better, like, with the uh, the lyrics. Like, yeah. I think they could have been... I understand, and I, I appreciate the way that you're trying, like, Rachel. I think that the way that you're trying to convey what he's saying, but I think it's hard to say because he's kind of just, like, in this, like, stumbling, like bumbling things. mood. Yeah. And it's like, which I understand, but, like, he's... Benger is so good at expressing that, expressing his feeling, yeah. even in those times. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just interesting to me. I mean, maybe it's just, uh, maybe I'm overlooking a couple things and maybe yeah. deeping a, diving a little too deep. But... I mean, I agree with you. I think that's fair to say. I think that's an interesting take on it. And now that you mention it, I, I can see where you're coming from here. Um like, I, I will say, like, I do agree, this probably isn't one of my favorite songs on the record. Uh, it was something that I think I warmed up to. Like, when I first listened to it, I don't think I liked it very much. But as I sort of listened to it and read into its meaning, I grew to like it. Yeah. So, I, like, you know, I think it's more like I kind of appreciate what he's trying to say here and kind of the the bumbling phase of this is. Yeah. All right, well, let's do the song that everyone loves lyrically. I will follow you into the dark. (laughs) Love of mine, someday you will die. But I'll be close behind. I'll follow you into the dark. No blinding light or tunnels to gates of white. Just our hands clasped so tight. Waiting for the hint of a spark. If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied Illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks Then I'll follow you into the dark I will follow you into the dark Um... (laughs) So, this one, Stone Cold Classic. I don't think I have anything to say about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about in yeah. in terms of just, like... Yeah. I mean, I can talk about one cool thing <laughs> that um, yeah. when I saw them play it live at, at Riot Fest... I mean, I've seen Death Cab close to ten times now. Um, when I saw them play at Riot Fest, they played in the middle part in the bridge. They played... He played a little bit of Silly Girl in it from The Descendants, which was pretty fucking cool. No. And I know that... All two of you that listen to this will know what I mean by that. But I'm excited. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the track is itself is a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, it's a staple. It's, I mean, it's hard to say because it's just like, it's, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but it's like, it's kind of like Stairway to Heaven or something like that. Not that, but this song is like Stairway to Heaven, how triumphant and beautiful it is. But it's like one of those songs that's just so classic. What do you say? Right. Yeah. I don't really have anything much to add here because this song is amazing. Um, I think it's a beautiful song. Yeah. I think it works very well um, as a ballad to a tra- to an album. In terms of the record, like you said before, though, it kind of comes out in the middle of nowhere. 
Now, it, it does thematically fit still. It's all about mortality, loneliness, and, and, and being with someone. And it's, it's uh, like I said about the album in general, it's a sad, sad song, but with a positive twinge to it. Like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know. I'm going to beat darkness. this horse until it's glue. Like, I feel like marching bands of Manhattan, and then it goes down into I Will Follow You Into the Dark. I think that's a little bit, maybe not in terms of, like, the the notes that you guys were talking about of, like, transatlanticism. Damn it, you've got me saying it, Justin. But, <laughs> um, but I still feel like the theme overall is still, like, like mar- if Marching Bands of Manhattan is the high, this mm-hmm. is, like, Hello. All right. Um, I will say, Rachel said, "Beat this horse until it's glue," and we didn't comment on that at all. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought that was very dark. In- yeah, <laughs> um, the horse girl coming back. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I will say, this song also sets off what I think is like a great streak in this album. Like, uh, this this album has hits and misses for me, but this song starts off what I think is like a winning streak that will end at... Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think different names for the same thing kind of broke up the first part. I thought yeah. the first three tracks were good, and then uh, not that I thought they were good. Uh, the first four tracks were... Uh, first three tracks were good, but um, then it kind of broke into a weird spot, and then I'll fall into the dark, kind of regains your attention. kind of. And also, I will say this, after seeing the video... For I'll fall into the dark. I wanted Ben Gibbard's glasses, and then I bought them. <laughs> so, so, and also, a lot of my fashion sense back in the day was all based off of Ben Gibbard. So, right. just saying. I feel like something that, for those of you who don't know, which is everybody who's listening to the podcast via Reddit, and it can be exception of you two, I am in like a very serious relationship. We talk all the time about what's going to happen when one of us isn't there anymore. And I feel like this song... So when Pat eventually makes a lot of money being a dentist and then leaves you... For a dental hygienist? Yeah, so for the next three years... (laughs) 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 Um, For the next three years... By the way, (laughs) hi, Pat. (laughs) He's not listening. (laughs) He's like, he doesn't like this guy very much. He's not a sad boy. He's like, got the happiest fucking childhood I've ever gotten. Anyway. Anyways. When you and Pat die, continue. In three years. (laughs) No, when when someone dies. (laughs) This song really encapsulates how I feel about that, because it's like, I wouldn't give it up for anything. And it's beautiful, but it will be sad, and it will have a sacrifice at the end. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's interesting, and I think it ties in later with what Sarah said for me, but we'll get to that when we get to it. And next we have Your Heart is an Empty Room. Burn it down Fill the amber smoke on the ground And start new When your heart is an empty room With I really like this song. Yeah, me too. Oh, I didn't do the voice. Uh, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't yeah, do it. Okay, we're moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Your Heart is an Empty Room is a very good song. Yes. It, it just clicks with me. Mm-hmm. It feels very real in this weird way that uh, is hard to describe. It's also very, I don't know, he doesn't do any of like the, the Ben Gibberty tricks. Is that something fair to say? <laughs> it's hard to explain <laughs> what I mean by that. But Hot takes. 
Is that a hot take? No, Ben Gibberty tricks. <laughs> I also want just Gibberty to be entered from the vocabulary. Uh, it's very Gibberty of you. Make you a t-shirt. You mean how he makes the soup? <laughs> how you make the soup? How he make the soup is our t-shirt. That'll be your podcast t-shirt. I think yeah. it'll be good. I really like the song. I think he has a really good way of just adding in really musical notes. Like, what is that when he's like, do, 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 do. You know what I'm talking about? It's a piano. Is that a piano? <laughs> that is a piano. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was like a sensor. Anyway. Yeah. You know uh, how when you listen to the podcast and complain about how loud I was, you just laugh directly into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, all these earbuds, for tuning this out later on. Um, um, I mean, this track, yeah. I mean, this is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh... I think that if we're talking about being alone at your house, you're thinking about what you could be doing, mm-hmm. all the things that you should be doing, and you're just, you almost spend, you almost waste your time doing those things, whereas you could just be either enjoying yourself or that kind of thing. And I think this is a nice, easy take of that rather than a real, like, you know, I don't know, a dreary take of that. So, yeah. Um, I think this is definitely a high note for me on the record. Mm-hmm. I think we've reached into uh, my favorite half of the record, actually. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I guess we can dive into Someday You'll Be Loved. Once more girl, in the years of my youth With eyes like the summer, all beauty and truth But in the morning I fled Left a note and it read Someday you will be loved I cannot pretend That I felt any regret Someday you will be loved. Um, But not today. Rough track. But not today, yeah. This is... This is one of the songs that I feel like it will have a future in my playlists. It's like a, a real, like... It's a thing, right? And it also, I think it's one of the first few songs that, like, he really highlights himself as an asshole. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you only get the, a little bit of that on a, some tracks in Transatlanticism, where he's like, I don't even ask names anymore. Yeah. Um, but on this track, it's like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. And um, I, to be fair, I've been on that side of it, and it is really sad to do that to somebody. And um, it's kind of a bummer. And play the song. What? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I do. I just play the song. For yeah. them. And I, then you went back and like sent Ali for your record. Yep, that like, sounds about play. right. <laughs> Rachel, have you ever said some <laughs> someday you'll be loved to somebody? No, not in those words. I did. I've done things in relationships <laughs> that I'm not proud of. And I'll leave it at that. Haven't we all? Does uh, is is like you know I uh, everybody here has had their heart broken except Raleigh because he has no heart. Crooked teeth. I love you. One hundred degrees as we sat beneath a willow tree whose tears didn't care. They just hung in the air and refused to fall. It's a I made a horrible call and now the stage- 
Okay, so this is also one of the big uh, uh, singles off this album, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And I get it. Specifically, <laughs> um, three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. it, it's so. It, it, in my opinion, it kind of fits in with "Someday You'll Be Loved" or "Summer Skins," mm. which is about the same thing, like regretting love or like moving past With "Summer Skin." Summer Skins. Oh, I thought it was like a basketball game. <laughs> so the Summer Skins and the win- winter shirts. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the winter polos. <laughs> But yes, um, it, it's the it's a similar thing. It's about regretting love, and it feels real. The song itself is very catchy and cool. The baseline, the baseline is great. I know that you love the bass. I, I used to be a bass player myself. Um, but uh, I mean, I will say, that actually, talking about bass, I think this is the record where you see the bass shine the most. Yeah, um, that is true. You definitely see I think, more of it. Yeah, I think the bass has. Uh, I think Nick Harmer has shined his bass magic on this record the most, at least at this point in the catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not to allude, to allude to anything, but the best bass line comes on the next record. <laughs> but um, we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, no, Crooked Teeth is a great track. Um, I don't know why, but I'm going to say this, and I've always felt this. It has the appeal and feel to me of a Beatles track, and I like it. Mm. But you hate the Beatles. I do hate the Beatles. Something that's been controversial and... Uh... I just feel like you hate the Beatles because everybody loves the Beatles. No, I just think that, you know, if you, like, why is a band that has three chord progressions and that's the most popular band of all time, like, cool, that's great, you made pop music and you're a boy band, that's awesome. But then you had bands like Pink Floyd making sounds come out of a guitar that have never been heard before um, at the same time and, like... So it's more like like not a not a. I don't think they're thing, bad. I don't think they're like, a bad band. No. I don't think that they're whatever. But it's just like I don't understand the hype. Yeah, I don't understand the musical prowess. Yeah, I mean like okay, cool. You you ripped off Chuck Berry. Cool. How's that? Like you know what I mean? Let's let's move on. Anyway, I'm not say anything about the Beatles because I don't want to. I want to live. Well, how about you tell us something about Crooked Teeth? Uh, I love Crooked Teeth. I think it's sassy, and it makes me feel like I should strut down the street listening to it. Because I think we've all been there. I think it's it's a song that we can resonate with, and I just, I love the instrumentals behind it. Just not even the lyrics, but just the, the sound of it. No, I think this is the fun, I would say the fun song of the record. Yeah. Yep. And then there's also, so this... Single was released with B-sides, right? Yes, mm. which we can talk about. <laughs> I I know that no one's probably listened to them at this table, but I have. <laughs> I think maybe when we do the Open Door EP, is that... Is that a, no, that's Narrow Stairs. Yeah, but maybe we can just throw those in with them. Yeah, but I mean, I could just talk like talking with turnstiles, how it's like probably... I've listened to that song. If it had been on the record, that would be my favorite It is. It's a really good song. I did listen to that song by accident, and I was like, oh, this is a good song. Why didn't I hear this one before? And then I realized, oh, this is not off the album. It's a a good one. Um, But we're not talking about that right now. What we're going to talk about is what Sarah said. And it came. I said to myself that 
this song tied the whole thing together for me. Yeah. I, the night my dog Cassie died, listened to the song and cried all night to it. That's Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> there was a ton of energy in the room when we played Crooked Teeth, and then when we put this on, we all just died a little inside. This is it, a beautiful intro. It's a beautiful song, and it's what made the whole album click to me. The theme yeah. of the album clicked when I listened to this song like a couple times, and it is mortality, it is loneliness, mm. it is planning things, mm. it is Plants. Plants? Yeah. <laughs> it is everything that this album is trying to say in one song. Mm. And it says it so beautifully and so emotionally provocative that it's it clicks like right away. It's hard to for no, me to I mean I, I think that we're all gonna die. Like that's just a thing that's gonna happen. Um I think uh, we're not sure I'm going to die, but anyway. Uh, okay. Um I don't think you are. I think you're gonna outlive us all. Thank you. Um in, like, and the most lovely way. <laughs> um, no, but I think that it's facing that fear of, like, that darkness, that unknown of death, what's going to happen, all doesn't really fucking matter when you're facing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you're about, when you're right there, yeah. it's a shit. Like, it, 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 uh, there's nothing to do. Yeah. Um, this song perfectly ex- is an example of Ben Gibbard painting a picture of a scene, mm. you are in that waiting room, you are you are waiting for the response from the nurse or the doctor, mm. you are there. Yeah. I think that is so powerful. And especially like there's a song there's a band called Touche More who has uh, a track called uh, uh, it's the second track off their album Stage Four where he says in the song, uh you can't listen to the song uh, track two off Benji, which is by uh Benji's an album by Sam Kill Moon, mm. and what Sarah said. And that's very true. I foresee this song being something that I might not be able to gripe with when, when someone, I mean, my dog was very important to me, but, like, someone, like a physical human, dying that I actually cared about. I mean, I'm fortunate yeah. enough that I haven't had that happen yet, mm. but this will be tough. It also, I think, for me, very much uh, brings into question, like, so there's that one person that you will be there when they go and you will be by their bedside until the moment they're gone. And then that feeling that once they're gone, who's going to be at your bedside? Who's going to be there when you have to deal with the same thing? Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is like an added level of tragedy that this song kind of yeah. signals to that. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, and yeah, and saying that it's interesting to hear people talk about this and not, mm-hmm. I'm not dragging you down on this one, but it's a selfish thought. It is. Yeah, because in all actuality, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, like you don't yeah. even think about that person anymore because they're gone. I mean, yes, you miss them and you're sad or whatever, but you're almost like, oh, my God, who's going to be there for me? Yeah. Well, I just feel like it's a natural part of losing somebody who you're very close with and who you care for about deeply because um, you're just monumentally alone. And this song... Does a really good job of not only painting like the waiting room picture, but just also cap- capitalizing on on that of like the just profound emptiness. All right, so while we wipe uh, the tears out of our <laughs> eyes, you guys get to listen to Brothers on a Hotel Bed. You may tire of me as our December sun is setting, because I'm not who I used to be. 
No longer easy on the eyes, but these wrinkles masterfully disguise the youthful boy below. Who turned your way and saw something he was not looking for, both the beginning and an end. So again, I think this is like another. I don't love you anymore type songs, which this album kind of has a lot of like that love's faded with time. It like, sometimes it's summer skins and you summer skin singular, mm-hmm. uh, and you shed it within like a few months. And then sometimes it's years and years pass by and you're just laying next to each other like brothers in a hotel bed. Mm. Um, fuck it. This is actually one of my top fives uh, Death Cab songs. Really? Yeah. You can't keep dropping because <laughs> we're doing the ratings at the very end. You can't keep dropping. I gotta drop them when I can! <laughs> um, I don't understand why this record couldn't end with this song. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about that on the next one. I have a similar complaint. Yeah. As well. um, uh, I drove around with this track. Uh, there was a lot of long night. I mean, I... I this was a really good driving song at like three in the morning when I used to get out of work and, uh, back when I used to work, uh, wait tables and shit. And, uh, I would go hang out with friends, drop them off. And then there's this, that was my thinking time to go before I got home. Yeah. I wasn't a very good avid. I wasn't really a sleeper back then. I just kind of stayed up all night and kind of shit. Um, and this song is so hauntingly beautiful in the sense that it gives you me that fear of, um, you know, you you find someone you love them, and then over time you just get to just the place of uh, boredom and just uh, not growing together, and you know everything you know about each other, and there's nothing else to it. I disagree with you, Ali. As for the huge, I feel like so much disagreement is... in this episode. And no, I, and and with you, Justin, I feel like. I feel like this is a really good segue from what's Harrison and like the previous songs here. Like I just oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a good. I, I'm no, not like, saying uh, she's disagreeing with the fact that no, we're but that I don't yeah. think like that this, this horse is blue and kids are using it to glue spaghetti noodles to partner. This horse is glue, and uh, eight eight year old Ali is eating it in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> this horse is glue, and fifteen year old Justin's huffing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know all the good things you do with glue, so I can't really add that on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of like my thing with that, but I do agree with you, Justin. I feel like this is just a beautiful song, and it has. A certain fear to it, like, like our best laid plans. Like, wow, ah. you just really love the. Well, bit. I just, just I like... really think that you guys, I I feel like you're wrong. I just I will. Yeah. No, I don't. Okay, look, I'm not disagreeing that this, this some songs are cohesive and they and they flow together. Yeah. But some a lot of these songs do not. Yeah. Thematically, they work. Yes. Right. But. It's not as as a cohesive piece as transatlanticism is. Mm-hmm. It literally tit for tat. Every time a note ends, you pick up on the next one on the next song, same note. Mm, okay, I just think it's it's also different in the way that I listen to albums. I don't listen to them song by song by song. I yeah, I mean, I'm a very traditionalist with the record. I yeah, sit I there know. and I listen to the album. Right. 
A side, then the B side, and then done. Well, then let's finish up the album real quick with Stable Song. Stable song. Uh, stable song. Not a lot of people know this, probably. Well, the fellow Deathcap nerds probably do. Um, this is the... It's a song off the Stability EP that's a 12-minute song, but they cut it into a actually ingestible three minutes long. And um, I think it's an okay song. I think it... I understand why it's just kind of, kind of like a shake-it-out song. Like, you, mm-hmm. you felt all these feels... Now it's time to just shake it out and go on with life. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think it's kind of... I don't understand why we need it. It's a fine song. I have no feelings positive towards it or negative towards it. I think... I I want to say this, and we do not get political ever on this show, but I think Donald Trump's ruined the word stable for me. Because <laughs> I see stable, I'm like, oh, stable genius. <laughs> and I get real sassy and real angry, and then... Anyway, not important. We don't talk politics on this show. If you're a Trump supporter, go screw. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a good it's a good song, though. It's it's a weird ending for this album because it doesn't fit as well with the other songs. Not that I think yeah. a lot of the other songs fit well with each other anyway. But uh-huh. I think particularly... Well, you can't say that. You, can't, you say they don't flow cohesively together. Okay. Thematically, they work. Okay, they that's work. fair. Uh, I just think it's, it's kind of a little bit... It is the odd duck in this bunch. Yeah, I agree. I think that... This song is a weird one to end on, and I would have swapped it out. I don't think it, I don't think they needed a song after uh, Brothers in Hotel Bed. I, I agree. Think it could have that just was ended. a beautiful ending. I think it would have ended on a nice somber note, but nothing too sad, and just gives you kind of hope. Yeah. Um. All right. Favorites, least favorites. Rachel, you're our guest. Lay it on us. Favorite songs from plan. Uh, favorite song from plan. Least favorite song. I. This is gonna be a cheapo answer. Um, oh, she's gonna say I will follow you in the dark. No, I. What I'm gonna say is, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's hard to ask me that because each of my favorite songs just depend on kind of what mood I'm in in that moment. But I probably will say "Marching Man to Manhattan" just because of my emotional tie to that song. Like, okay. It'll always hold a place in my heart. Lee's favorite song is the last one. Like I just don't think it fits here. If you had to prime me for another one, I would say Summer Skin. That's fair. Really? Uh, I would say favorite song, What Sarah Said, or Crooked Teeth. Both Mm. very, very strong songs. Mm. I love them very much. Uh, I Will Follow You Into the Dark is a great song. And Mm. it's understandable why people have it tattooed on their faces and legs and arms and uh, buttocks. And I'm like, I support you 100%. And I think it is a great and beautiful, brilliant song. But it, it hits a little shy of home for me just because... Uh, I don't know. It's, the, the other ones just speak to me a little bit stronger. Uh, least favorite song, uh, different names for the same thing. Uh, maybe Summer Skin as well. Okay. Uh, favorite song for me, Brother in the Hotel Bed. Um, honorable Mention, Your Heart is an Empty Room. Mm. And least favorite song, I'll probably say Stable Song. Yeah. Um, just not because it's a bad song. I don't think any song on this album is bad at all, really. Or, yeah, I'd uh, agree with that. I don't uh, think anything I don't is think really I don't think anything is bad. I just think that it's either just a miss for me, or I didn't like its placement in the record. No. Um, 
that's kind of how I felt about it. I feel like they should have shoved different names for the same same thing and staple signs if they're going to have them in the same records or like in the middle, like squish it. Yeah, exactly. Um, or just have one of them. I think that. Or just <laughs> no. I mean, I just think that like, but like, if we had both of those in the middle, it would have been weird. Let's write a strongly worded email to Ben Gibbard. Uh, well, he's very much a genius, and we'll let him be. My dearest um. Benjamin, <laughs> you've let me down. <laughs> uh, we support you and love you, Ben. It's fine. Yes. You've made that choice. And all the all things have. that you do. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. And um, uh, <laughs> before we get into our last segment, I want to say... So, Justin and Rachel, you guys are going to the Death Cab concert in October together. Yes, it'll be my first Death Cab concert. And I Justin's still like owe 13. Justin money yeah, for it was it. probably like 11th or 12th. Uh, and um, then it, I will not be in Boston anymore. I'll be in, in Baltimore. I may or may not be able to catch them in DC. We'll find out. Uh, but you guys will go and we'll record an episode then about the live tour. Yeah, a little, little bonus show. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, so you, this is not the last you'll see of Rachel. Oh, or is it? Because she'll die. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I just imagination. I guess. So Rachel, what have you been listening to, watching, or consuming in general? Okay, so I like murder porn, and okay, <laughs> so that's the end of Rachel's segment. Goodbye, Rachel. We will never be seeing her again. Justin, how's it going? Hey. <laughs> Do you want to give a different answer? Nope, that's the answer I'm sticking to. <laughs> Um, Justin, what have you been consuming? Uh, a lot of Radiohead. <laughs> a lot of Radiohead? Uh, I mean, I was listening to a lot of uh, Arctic Monkeys. Um, I'm also seeing Gaslight Anthem do 59 Sound all the way through in Boston, so I've been prepping for that and re-listening to that record. But, um, yeah, I mean, recently it's just been a lot of Radiohead just preparing for the show. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it was a, uh, very good experience as I, uh, underlined before. And... I, yeah, I mean, just a lot of, uh, in rainbows. All right. Mm. I have really not been listening to or consuming anything lately. <laughs> You've been sleepy. Uh, I've been very sleepy. Um, also, we're, uh, a little bit into how the soup is made again. Uh, we're recording like a lot back to back before I go to Baltimore. So I'm really Ew. listening to a lot of Death Cab all at once. Uh. So this is really all of my media <laughs> consumption at the time. Latin podcast. Which I enjoy. Yes. I think it's a good send-off um, to Baltimore. It like, sets the mood. That is How fair. That, that is be. fair. Uh, I'll say, uh, listen to the Doughboys. They're great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do a uh, Radiohead to close out? Well, I I like how our our guests literally had no <laughs> no plug whatsoever. Oh, by the way, we do have to say, um, please let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you really love, what you hate. Really love the hate mail. Mm-hmm. Keep bringing it. Yeah. We love it. Um, we have the facts pod at gmail dot com. We also follow us at at the facts pod uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. And also, we are on all streaming platforms now. We are on everything. We're on Spotify, Stitcher iTunes. Literally everywhere that you can find podcasts. Exactly. Comment on the subreddit uh, on our posts if you'd like to do that. Um, Yeah, I mean, we'd love to hear more about how shitty we are at pronouncing things. Mm -hmm. And um, also, if you're a Trump supporter or hate anyone of their race or creed, go fuck yourself. And we don't want you to listen to this pod anymore. Thank you so much for our guest (laughs) and friend, Rachel Pearson, for joining us again. Thanks for (laughs) I felt like we had to be a little political. I feel like we were never at all. So I feel like we just needed to be up front. What radio song do you want to close out with? Oh. (laughs) You know what? Uh, Let's do all I need. All right. Rachel, any last words before we go? 
If you get a lot of PMs from angry people that seem to be newly created accounts, that's going to be great. All right. All I need. DMs, not PMs. DMs. What the fuck is a PM? Personal message. DMs. <laughs> DMs.